So, uh, guys, we've been talking kind of all 7 o'clock hour about this Big Ten coaching rankings. Now it's time to unveil the top five. Coming in at number five, Brett Bielema, Illinois. Zach, this is also the guy that is upset with where he is currently ranked. <laughs> so it's not particular to this ranking, but it's very similar. On three, uh, one of those recruiting sites put out a tweet saying, who is the top coach in the Big Ten? And it put four pictures. It had Jim Harbaugh, it had Ryan Day, it had James Franklin, and it had Luke Fickle. And Brett Bielema quote tweeted that and said, which one has the most big titles? Or who has the most Big Ten titles? And we know that Jim Harbaugh has two, and Ryan Day has two, and James Franklin has one, and Luke Fickle doesn't have any. Brett Bielema has the most Big Ten titles, allegedly, though I think doesn't Kirk Ferentz have three? Uh, or is it two? Either way, uh, Brett Bielema has three Big Ten titles. He won three straight for Wisconsin in 2010, 2011, 2012. So I think he would probably not be a fan of these rankings either. But this was this was not particular to that. Brett Bielema, after last season, look, I always felt when he came to the Big Ten, he was going to turn Illinois around. It was going to be a solid program. But they fell flat on their face towards the end of last year. Didn't they? I mean, they had they had a was a two or three game lead going yeah. into the going down the stretch, and they still coughed it up. In the I West. think I think Illinois was a lot better than most people expected, though. Like they oh, might have sure, oh, like yeah. they might have collapsed at the end, but they might have been out over their skis with how well they were playing with what they actually had. Now, what they brought in oh, the quarterback from Syracuse, Devito, DeVito. yeah, Tommy uh, Devito. Tommy. Tommy DeVito, he came in and played really, really well. I don't think most people were thinking that uh, he was going to play that well. We knew that. I think a lot of people figured the defense would be better just because it was a Lovey Smith team, and now it's a Brett Bielema team. You know that they're going to recruit defense and they're going to coach him up. But the offense, I think, got some surprise play from quarterback and running back position. Uh, I don't know about running back. Quarterback for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's always been Bielema. If he has a quarterback, his teams are going to be in the mix because yeah. they're solid in almost every other phase. And I'm talking about the Big Ten, not not the SEC, not the ACC, SEC version of Brett Bielema. But you think about Wisconsin's best teams and their worst teams. 2008, they had no quarterback, mm-hmm. and it was a bad season. Is that when they almost lost to Cal Poly at home? Yes. And then in 2012... They were struggling for a quarterback, and they str- and they struggled all the way. And the only reason they won the Big Ten was because Penn State and Ohio State were ineligible to play in the championship game. Yeah, hey, it still counts. And I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not saying it doesn't. But those two years, they did not have a quarterback, and that was a struggle bus. When they have <laughs> when they had a quarterback, they could put together a bunch of wins. They did it in 06. They did it in 07, 09, 10, 11. Like, it's just what they do when he has a quarterback. Yeah. If he doesn't have a quarterback this year, and they, they brought in a tra- another transfer, and that's all he does. He can't recruit quarterbacks, clearly. Clearly cannot yeah. recruit quarterbacks. Like, the last quarterback that he's that had success with that wasn't a transfer was Tyler Donovan. And that was Oof, in 2007. Yeah. yeah. Oof, that's a while oh, ago. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. 2009. Scott Tolzien. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking at this, and, and also on this article, so. not only does it tell you Brett Bielema, you know, ranked fifth by this ranking of Big Ken... Big 10 coaches and 21st overall, but it also tells you where they had them last year going into this uh, season. He was 11th. Bielma was? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, seems, mean, that seems pretty low for a guy that had as much success, kind of like he pointed out on that other tweet, but he in went, the Big 10. He went 5-7 and seven in his first year at Illinois. So, like, you're coming off of what many people considered disastrous at Arkansas, and you follow that up with a 5-7. and seven. I can see where you, he's low. But then, yeah, you have an eight and five year last year. Um, I still think it's not uh, the list isn't what have you done in your entire career. If it was, PJ Fleck would be way too high. Yeah, um, and, it, it's and more Kurt or less. And, what have you done lately? Um, except when you're a first time head coach, you're automatic fourteen. <laughs> I liked it, um, yeah, but it, it's is he a good coach? Yeah, does he surround himself with? Good recruiters, good position coaches, and all that. Yes, um, that's always been his biggest strength, right? And 
the whole issue of we're not paying our assistants enough, most of them left for coordinator positions or head coaching positions. You're not going to pay that guy to stay here for position at positions to be a coordinator payment or at a coordinator to pay him to be a head coach type payment. It was a like, BS excuse is what RJ's trying to say. Yeah. Um, but is, is he a good coach? Absolutely. Does he deserve to be in the top half of the Big Ten? Yes. I mean, it's somebody's opinion. Like, I mean, It's at, just your at, opinion, dude. dude. At some point, if it still gets under your skin and you're this far into your career. Yeah. It was funny when we interviewed him last year at Big Ten Media Days. Still didn't unblock you? He is not. Uh, his wife did, though. His wife did, but he has not. But either way, when we were talking about it, he's he's saying, yeah, I mean, has when's the last time Wisconsin won a Big Ten title? When was the last time they won a Rose Bowl? It's <laughs> another good point. But he's like, they have, I don't think they've won one since I left, right? No, so, but right. they've won. But that's honest. They've that's won be, some Cotton Bowls. But that's being that's being honest. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, there's he. he he takes a little offense to people like ignoring what he did at Wisconsin. Absolutely, but like, well, that's because he doesn't want you to look the at national, Arkansas. The national, yeah, the national media <laughs> mentions how great he was at Wisconsin, but that goes right into, and then he thought he was going to make the jump to the SEC and totally tanked. He thought he was so be better it, than he was. There's always the, there's always here's Wisconsin, but with him, and there's still many people who think, and I mean, I think most people think it. He got put into a pretty darn good situation at Wisconsin. He did not get put in a very good situation in Illinois. No, or at Arkansas even, because mm. wasn't that the whole? Uh, and they've had some, they had some success. They didn't lose any scholarships out of that. But like, still, you're run. I think some guys still left, didn't they? Was, was he replacing Petrino, Houston Nut? No, Petrino. After Petrino uh, went on a motorcycle ride. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now I have um, the image of him yeah. standing at the podium with, in a neck brace with his face on. <laughs> um, but yeah, the like it, it's one of those. Could he be in the top four? In yes, um, but I think it's more of a pump the brakes. You're not necessarily at Wisconsin, where a history of success has been, where you're stepping into that, um, and three of the four head coaches above you have been in the college football playoff. Um, one of them, the media loves. And yeah, it's, I, I, I wouldn't be upset with number five if I were him. Well, looking at this ranking, going to number four, James Franklin, 10th overall in the country. Number four, I've as, always as thought. Ben Kenny says fraud. I've always thought he was overrated too. There's a lot of people who think that. Because what? <laughs> he he had some good seasons and he and he showed that he was a, you know, a, a big up and coming coach at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. But doesn't it feel like Penn State always is getting arguably the third best recruiting class in the Big 10 behind Ohio State and behind Michigan I mean, and they always fin- feel like they finish third or fourth in the Big 10. Yeah. Like it's it, it feels like a bad thing. it just feels like for all the hype of how good Penn State is supposed to be at recruiting and how good the talent is at Penn State and the state of Pennsylvania, it's like James Franklin just kind of, he's okay. He's yeah, decent. He's there. He, I mean. he, he wins, but <laughs> for all the stuff you hear about the hype, it's like I feel like I'm I'm left wanting more. I mean, they, they won 11 games last year. They've won 11 games four times in his career. That's He won the Big Ten. Wisconsin – Gave him a Big Ten title. They did. I um, saw that. That one. That one. That one. Yeah. That one will sting for a while. Now it hurts. Um, and he had like the down year in, in COVID. We're we're, give, we're apparently giving people free uh, passes on COVID. Yeah. Uh, so four and five, and then yeah, twenty twenty one was seven and six. And if he hadn't had the bounce back year that he did last year, he might have been in trouble. Yeah. But they have so much talent this year, mm-hmm. and their schedule is very manageable. Many people think that this is, if this is going to be the year that they do it, this is the year they're they're going to do it. But they've won the Rose Bowl. They've won a Cotton Bowl. They've won Fiesta Bowl. A Fiesta Bowl. I mean, they've done yeah, a they've, lot of really they've good been things. Doing New Year's Day six bowls. Yes. So I think it's you know it's a little it's probably a little tough. Yeah, a little tough. They fin- he's finished in the top ten four four times in his career. That's, See, I feel that's like not bad. No, but I feel like you could easily. If you want to go like pure coaching where you're getting the most out of your players, now this isn't just talking about wins and losses. 
obviously I feel like James Franklin is probably lower on this list than a guy like a Pat Fitzgerald's higher. But we've seen clearly with the lack of winning on the field, Pat Fitzgerald is in free fall on these lists. And because James Franklin is pretty consistent, he stays right in there in the top five. Yeah. Uh Which, moving to number three, it's the new head coach of your Wisconsin Badgers, Luke Fickle, ninth overall in the country. Yeah. Um, I, I think with this one, it's more or less of people don't think Wisconsin is as down as they were last year and just needed fresh blood. So I think it's he's going into a situation that can make him look really good in year one. Well, I also think that this is this is a kind of a projection lifetime, I guess, ranking for Luke Fickle because he's, he's never coached in the Big Ten outside of the one season at Ohio State. Right. He was at you know a Cincinnati who isn't in a Power Five conference, but he recruited well there. Mm-hmm. They obviously coached him up well there. They played in a college football playoff. Obviously, that has some meaning. It does, as does the fact that he's produced a hell of a, a lot of a lot of NFL guys. NFL talent. Sixteen draft picks in the last three. I was going to say, I think that's that third. Good? I think that was third behind Georgia and, and Alabama when they were flashing all that stuff up on uh, the draft. It was yeah. eighth. He is undefeated um, as Wisconsin's head coach. That's true as well. Uh, that was not his win, actually. <laughs> I'm told. I'm told. College was, football. I'm told. Sport, was, uh, sports no. reference counts it. Um, <laughs> Georgia, set your source. Alabama, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Florida, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. In terms of draft picks over the last three, that's years. quite the blue bloods, and then Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> shockingly, shockingly, Pitt is right after them at fourteen. That's yeah. actually is kind of weird. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin eleven in terms of play in terms of draft picks over the yeah. last three years. Which is also saying something considering the, the lack of success they've had over these last three three years. Which um, is probably why they grabbed a new coach. Yeah. So he is he has produced at Cincinnati, produced a lot of NFL players in Cincinnati, and I don't I've I believe he's gonna be successful here. I don't know what that success looks like, but him being the third highest coach in this ranking, based on what he's done, makes sense. I actually can see it too, and it's. I'm not trying to be biased because obviously we're Badger fans, and you know we're rooting for Wisconsin. But it's like some of these guys for what he did at Cincinnati versus what they have done in past stops. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I, Brett Bielema is Brett Bielema because we talked about it. It's he's been a good coach. Now take away his Arkansas days, he's been pretty good everywhere, and they've never been great to where they've won a Rose Bowl or they've played in a you know a, a college football there. playoff, yeah. but he's been good every year. I mean, P.J. Fleck was good in Western Michigan. Minnesota, we can debate if he's been good to whatever. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule had really good stops in the past, first year at Nebraska. But Luke Fickle coached Cincinnati to a college football playoff. Right. Those other guys never got there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Matt Rule did a great job at Baylor. They never played in a college football playoff. Right. And it's Baylor. They're still grabbing kids out of Texas. Yeah, you're built into a nice recruiting ground. James Franklin has one Big Ten title, yet he's a top three recruiter in the Big Ten every single year. Mm -hmm. He's in the state of Pennsylvania, and it was a a win in a Big Ten championship game where Ohio State was ineligible, and Wisconsin barfed it up and puked it up to him. Sure did. What are you talking about? Ohio State was eligible that year. I thought that was the year they were ineligible. That was 2016. Was Penn was that when Penn State won the tiebreaker? They they beat yeah they beat Ohio State. Okay, I'm misremembering the exact year. But had gotten smoked by Michigan earlier in the year. Okay, and they had lost they had lost two Big Ten games I think. And it's one where you're sitting there as a Wisconsin fan. People were booking flights. Booking, oh, booking you, tickets. You and Ebo were <laughs> not, not, not me and Ebo. Ebo might have been Ebo, but been. like other, it's he wasn't alone. Yeah, no. That half. I agree. People I, are like, yeah. Then I came back and canceled everything. I agree. As of right now, Luke Fickle number three feels right. If we see a couple years down the road with some success, I wouldn't be surprised if he's higher. So mm-hmm. that being said, the only way you get higher is if you win a Big Ten. Yeah. To me, that's the only way you get higher. Or, or you make the playoff and you and you win the and you win the playoff. 
Like you don't have to win the Big Ten to get to be the top coach. But like, what if those, one would lead to what the, if those Big Ten see, titles were more than a decade ago? They, those are irrelevant. Number two opinion. on this list. Number two on this list is a guy that's won the Big Ten. If you can't if your finger if your rings can't actually get over your fingers anymore, uh, those those no longer count. <laughs> Number two on this list has won the Big Ten. Not only has he won the Big Ten, but he's played in a college football playoff. Ryan Day. Number two in the Big Ten, number eight overall in the country. There's been a lot of blowback on Do- Ryan Day here in the last six months. I mean, there's, well, there's we, Ohio State people who wanted him fired last year. Yeah. When you and lose, wanted him to bring in Fickle. When you lose back-to-back yeah. games to Michigan or back-to-back years to Michigan. But I think what they did in that playoff game against Georgia changed some people's opinions a little bit of what Ryan Day could be. And really, honestly, obviously what C.J. Stroud is as a quarterback. Yeah. He was fantastic in that game. But... They went after him hard. They bounced back significantly from that Michigan game and gave Georgia all they could handle. Um, mm-hmm. And that game should have. You know what I think is hilarious about the away. yes the Ryan Day haters? He beat Michigan, if I remember correct, three times. Weren't they like 3-0? and Like he started uh, off undefeated against Michigan because yes. there was a long line of Ohio State just thumping Michigan because remember – Harbaugh didn't have a win against Ohio State until a couple of years ago. Right. Like, so 20, they were talking about firing him. 2018 was the first year that uh, he was the coach. So they won in 2018, 2019, 2020, and have lost the last three years, or last two years. So he's 3-2 and two against Michigan. That's a winning record last I checked. Better than John Cooper. And he <laughs> Not as good as Urban continued Meyer. that no. long line of Urban Meyer winning where they dominated Michigan. Harbaugh did not have a win. They're talking about firing Harbaugh. Now all of a sudden he loses two straight when Michigan's a top five team in the country. And I would argue Ohio State was also a top five team in the country. And now they want him fired. It's hilarious. It's like, okay, I think I said this, RJ, last winter. If Luke, if they were to fire Ryan Day and he continues to be very close to what he is doing currently at Ohio State, but he can't beat Michigan or you know, he can't get it done in the college football playoff. And then Luke Fickle is on the come up and they decide, you know what? Fickle is our guy. I'd be like, I'd hire Ryan Day in a second. We could flop coaches. Yeah. Um, Without the talent is Ryan Day the coach. That's what some people say. But I feel like if you keep winning enough at Ohio State, your name is Ryan Day. People are going to want to play for you because look at what you did at Ohio State. Look at how you. I think it'll carry water. Ryan Day has, has had a ton of success. And they, they've recruited better since Urban Meyer was the coach. Like they've been somehow they've been even better as a recruiting uh, at recruiting talent since Urban Meyer left, which is crazy to think about. They are a more talented team now than when Urban Meyer was there. But what does Ryan Day look like without the talent? But I feel like you could make that argument about everybody, especially like James Franklin. Now he would have a little bit to go off and say, "Well, you coached at Vandy." Ryan Day never was. A, I don't think it was a head coach before Ohio mm-hmm. State. So there is, I like, I get the arguments on some of those, but also it's like, come on. I mean, Ryan Day has been good. Like Ryan Day's offense continues to be good. Yeah. But now we get to number one. We finally have reached number one. The best Big Ten coach. You can probably figure it out since it's the only one we haven't named. Jim Harbaugh, and he comes in at number four in the country. This was a guy that was ready to be fired two, three years ago. This is a guy that's uh, routinely looking for a raise by going and getting an NFL, trying to get an NFL job. Like, don't hate the player or don't hate the coach, hate the game, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I, it's hard to argue with it. What they've done these last two years, they I don't want to say they reinvented themselves, but they kind of reinvented themselves after getting smoked, punked by Ohio State in three straight years. Yeah, you bring in a new offensive coordinator, new, well, yeah, new defensive coordinator, then a new offensive coordinator. And yeah, it's, do you ever think though that Jim Harbaugh should have been any lower than like four on these lists ever? Well, ever? What, what was the lowest he was? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But I'm just thinking. I'm guessing he probably wasn't ever la- too far. So last year he was number two. I guess uh, Ryan Day was number it's one. It's the unrealistic expectations, yeah. though. That's the same thing that happens at Nebraska. The same thing that happens at Penn State. Same thing that happens at all these schools that are are uh, blue blood schools. I can't, we can't call them Nebraska Blue anymore. We, I don't know why I included them here. Do you ever lose? Yes, you do. You can. We've always talked about too. Do you ever lose your blue blood status? Okay. I think. I think you can. Yeah. Right. I think you can. Yeah. Okay. Um, can, can you gain it? Yes. Yeah. 
Clemson. I agree with that. Clemson's now blue that blood. That was exactly yeah. what I was new thinking. New blue blood. Yeah. Clemson. Who else, is, who else would be included in that new blood? New blue blood? Georgia? I feel like they always were a blue blood. Mm, yeah. I mean, they had one like championship before that. Um, they weren't necessarily like blue blood, blue blood. You didn't, when yeah. you thought best of all time, I don't think Georgia ever came to mind. But what about like, uh, Tennessee? Tennessee's lost theirs. What about and, Alabama in like back. the 90s and 2000s? You never lose. Alabama never lost it. Yeah, because they really you only could, had. They were winning, but they were still recruiting at a high level. You don't lose it. Uh, you don't I mean, like Alabama, which is one of the winningest programs of all time. Oh, then I'm gonna have to throw Nebraska in there too. Yeah. <laughs> you just, oh, I, I know I did. Uh, Nebraska's not a blue blood, you know, except in their own mind. So Alabama gained blue blood status. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's been rescinded from Nebraska. <laughs> I have personally rescinded from Nebraska. Not but, today. But I feel like and when Tennessee. you look at Jim Harbaugh, there were times where people were so down on him. It felt like every other off season they were like. Oh, we might buy him out, or we might fire him, or we might have to do this or that because he couldn't beat Ohio State. But they were consistently like a top three team in the Big Ten. They were not. 2020, they were not. Yeah. Like, well, they, the, that, that was the season that everybody was talking about because they went 9 and 4 in 2019 and, con- and, and finished 18th in the country after starting the year in the top 10. And then in 2020, they were horrible. Mm-hmm. Got run out of the stadium by Wisconsin, by a not-so-great Wisconsin. See, I yeah. feel like 2020, I have like thrown out of my mind yeah, we with, with football. Because they don't it, do that, though. I get that. But it's like everything was – there were a lot of teams that didn't show up in 2020 that normally do. And there were a lot of teams that randomly, in my opinion, were good in 2020. Or like, when that, And they were never good again. Indiana was a great example. He's also 1-6 in, in bowl games. That's not ideal. No. The lone, the lone win a Citrus Bowl win in his first year. That is that is not ideal. But then you could just turn that on its head and say, well, you know, Jim Harbaugh is a big big game coach, and he never cared about a bowl that wasn't uh, the college football playoff. Well, he lost both of those, too. <laughs> trying to do, like, the SEC thing. I know, know what you're trying to do, but it doesn't work if you don't win the bowl game. So now does that, or this college football does that, feel, does that feel weird that the top coach – in the Big Ten, and the fourth coach ranked in the country, according to this article, is a guy that hasn't won a college football playoff, struggled to beat Ohio State for pretty much his entire career, except for the last two years, and has struggled in bowl games. This goes back to what have you done for me lately? Yeah. You beat Ohio State twice. You beat Big Bad Ohio State twice in a row. Included, like, everyone's like, oh, when they go to Columbus, they could be some... uh, revenge, revenge factor. And yep. It didn't matter. They yeah, slapped him. Yeah, they were like, nah. They slapped him right thanks. inside the head, and they did nothing. Thanks for showing up at your home field. We're just gonna curb slap you. So, yes, uh, Jim Harbor deserves to be number one on this list right now. And that will conclude our 2023 <laughs> Big Ten coach rankings. Two hours later. Two, uh, yeah, an hour and a half later. Jim Harbaugh coming in at number one. Ryan Day number two. Luke Fickle number three. James Franklin number four. And then it was Big Bert, Brett Bielma, coming in at number five. The Milwaukee Bucks. And actually, Zach, Summer League here starting extremely soon. It does. Uh, I believe there were some games last night. I think there are more games today. And the the, uh, the Bucks will get their thing underway tomorrow against Denver out in Las Vegas. Adrian Griffin's debut for the Bucks, kind of. But not all the... so. This is it's not rare, but I think not a ton of coaches do it. The the like the main head coach actually coaching in summer league it doesn't happen a ton because yeah, normally it's like an assistant right. or like a lower level coach. Yeah, yeah. But Griffin said yesterday that he wanted to do it because he wanted to get everybody on the same page, wanted to get a, a feel for the guys, even though most of the guys playing are probably not going to be on that <laughs> yeah, roster. I don't, I don't but know about that. he does. I, I did find it interesting, like how important he thinks summer league is because he told. He told the players that two of his jobs came as a result of Summer League. And here is actually Adrian Griffin talking about winning a job while with your play in Summer League. So I believe in it. I believe in them. You know, just how I started my career in Summer League and ended up playing nine years. So when I sit down and talk to him about, listen, like, if we go there and we win, I'm not saying you'll be on the NBA roster, but you give yourself the best chance. And so it happened for me twice. Yeah, I mean, he had a nine-year career. He, he he started that by saying, I averaged four points per game, and I still had a nine 
your career because I was able to do all the other stuff. So and that and when you're talking about summer league guys, you have to do the other stuff. It's not going to be about scoring. It's not going to be about how many points you put up and all that stuff. That's not how you're going to make the roster. You're going to make it by doing the other stuff because that's the type of stuff they need. Yes, Antetokounmpo is going to score 30 points a game. Brooke Lopez is going to score 20. Middleton's going to be in that in that range. Drew Holiday's going to be. Like, those are the guys that are going to score on a regular basis. What you're looking for from the other guys is all the other stuff that they have to bring to the table. Yeah, and Griffin also kind of mentioned, you know, he got a couple jobs from playing well in Summer League, but he also talks about why he wanted to coach Summer League. I thought it would benefit everyone if I get on the floor with certain style of play. You know, it's a little different. You know, defensively, you like to get into the ball. Uh, offensively, there's certain things that I wanted to incorporate. So we got a great staff. And I think getting to know our players a little bit more. Our players have been great in training camp. So I thought it would be a good idea just to get everyone pulling in for each other in the same direction. I was really disappointed that nobody asked him about Jabari Parker. That's what we got to get into. So the Bucks, they released their Summer League 2023 roster. And it's pretty interesting, especially because you just named one of them that is very interesting. Jabari Parker, the number two overall pick by the Milwaukee Bucks, is back on their Summer League. Whew, what, probably eight years later? I want to say it's last year in Milwaukee. No, I'm saying from from when originally drafted. Oh, so he was originally drafted in 2014? Yeah, it was uh, 14. Yeah, because Giannis was 13. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, almost 10 years, nine years. Nine years later. Yeah. He's back in Summer League, baby. I always, like, what, what without the injuries, would he have been a part of this? And does Chris Middleton ever become the player he is if Jabari Parker's still there? See, it's unfortunate that Jabari Parker had all the knee injuries because clearly you could see he was an explosive scorer. But yeah. do you think he would have been that? Because his defense. His defense was horrible. His defense was horrible. But like his last year in Milwaukee, or his, not his last year, his third year in Milwaukee, played played 51 games, averaged 20 points a game. Like, you have the ability to score that. Uh, playing 30 minutes a game, 33 minutes a game. But the most games he ever played in Milwaukee was 76. Otherwise, the most he played was 51. Yeah, he, he wasn't available. No. And, and he never, after leaving Milwaukee, he never played in more than uh, 39 games. Less, rest Sometimes of your biggest asset is just being available. What, what is it? Uh, job? It's a Mark, Mike McCarthy quote. Yeah, what, but like, what is it? Something about availability is. is the Availability is your. Uh, I don't. Evo yeah. would know it because, you know, if, if Mike McCarthy. Said it like it was clipped. Yes. Your greatest asset is availability or something, something like, that. like that. But I'm looking at this roster and, you know, as a casual Bucks fan, I'm perusing some of the names. Like, obviously, <laughs> the first one that jumps out at you, we talked about it's Jabari Parker. It He's going to be the quote unquote old guy. Oh, by far. <laughs> like well, what? Not so fast. No? Not so fast. Taco Fall is the same age as Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker only played one year of college. I was going to say, Taco Fall, his college career ended against Duke. <laughs> well, I don't remember, do you remember which what year that was? What year was that? Because that was a great game. Oh, UCF made a run. Um, 2016, I think. It was 2016, because that was his, I think it was Taco Fall's final year. God, he is old. I did not realize how old he was. Yeah, because I remember that that series. Yeah, yeah, that series is when, because I would have been in college and we went on spring break, and that's in March when all the the games start. So yeah, that was when they were making a run. So that's that 2016 guess. Yeah, he was born in '95. Taco Fall. Right. So Taco Fall and Jabari Parker are the guys with actual NBA experience. I wouldn't say significant NBA experience with uh, with Taco Fall. He did get a few seasons with the Celtics. Was in China last year. No, not even not even gonna say what you want to say right there. China. There it is. <laughs> um those two guys. Are those guys interesting to you? I mean Taco Fall is tall. Jabari Parker <laughs> Parker's interesting to me. I, I feel like they're not. Like the guys that I'm looking at is like Marshawn Bochamp. Obviously he was their number one pick last year. He's gonna be the guy that's given all the opportunity to to make plays. Uh, he's a guy on there. Another name that pops out at you, 
Vin Baker Jr. Because uh, Vin Baker, former Buck, former NBA player, is he still currently on the staff? Yes. Did he they was, retain he was, him? He was one of the guys who was retained. So he was retained. Well, Junior's going to be playing for the Bucks in the summer league. Uh, maybe not the biggest surprise. <laughs> but uh, another one that kind of jumps out to me is that Hugo Beeson. Okay. And the reason Beeson. why he's French. He's one of their draft picks. Yeah, he year. was a draft pick from years past, but he was the young guy from Europe where he wasn't ready to come over and play in the NBA. Now, maybe because he's, you know, checking summer league out, maybe that's a guy that could help fill the end of the bench. Hugo Besson. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. Hugo Besson. Uh, I believe that's what it is. I, I looked it up when they, when they drafted him because I think I had to use it in an update the next day. So, uh, that one is good to me. What about Alan Griffin? Do you know anything about Alan Griffin? Alan Griffin. Don't know much about him at all. A.J. Green is another one that uh, pops out just because he was a little uh, shooter for the Milwaukee Bucks last year, l- reserve guard. Basically just hung out on the perimeter and shot threes. Had some pretty decent shooting games. Don't know if he's going to bring a ton to the team other than just a spot-up shooter. But, uh yeah, there was a few games where A.J. Green played pretty well in a reserve role. Alan Griffin is the son of? Former Badger. I don't know. Adrian Griffin. <laughs> oh, so, oh so, we, so we got a little Vin Baker Jr. action. Yeah. Did not know that, but now it makes sense on why he made the roster as well. Uh, looking at some other names on this roster, obviously... Andre Jackson Jr. was a draft pick from this year out of UConn. Chris Livingston, a draft pick this year out of Kentucky. Other than that, though, it's a lot of guys. Oh, I should say also Drew Timmy, draft pick out of Gonzaga. And then Lindell Wigington was a two-way player for the Bucks last year. Played for the Herd, played for the Bucks, reserve guard. Other than that, though, it's a bunch of uh, kind of random names I've never even heard of. Yeah. And that's summer. And that's and, summer league. And that is summer league. I, I, the two guys I want to see Livingston and and uh, Jackson Jr. Because those are the two that they wanted big wings, athletic big wings that could give them uh, the ability to to uh, defend on the outside and and give them some athleticism. What does that look like? Because you don't really think of second round picks like being impact players, and yet I think both of those guys have a chance to be that. I mean, Livingston was a a five star recruit. Coming out of coming out of high school to Kentucky, and then you obviously have uh, Jackson Jr., who was on uh, a leader, perhaps you know one of, one of the leaders on UConn's national championship team. So it's not like they have some pedigree to them, and I, I'm anxious to see that. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to see how the draft picks do. You want to see the names that you recognize, like the Drew Timmies, who were good college players. Can they give you anything? Or you want to see, there is a storyline with Jabari Parker, but you mentioned that. It's like, can this guy find himself and all of a sudden become a, a NBA basketball player again in his late 20s when he hasn't played in a while? So there are, there are some storylines, and obviously this is going to be a you know 11-day competition here over the summer in Vegas starting July 7th, so it actually starts tomorrow. Uh, it should be interesting. Runs through July 17th. And it's going to be something for people to do because I know they put this on like uh, some of the networks to watch these games. I know the NBA TV always has these on. And it's at the perfect time this year for the NBA because it's over the All-Star break where there's not a whole lot of sports going on. I think that was planned. I do too. And I think they finally got smart about it. <laughs> yeah, I I'll be honest. I, I, I bet I will watch multiple NBA Summer League games. And reason being is we talked about it. It is over the all-star break where there's absolutely no sports on. Because next week, next Monday, you get the home run derby and the celebrity softball game that they put on. And then Tuesday is the all-star game. Wednesday is absolutely nothing. And then Thursdays, most teams don't play. And everything, every team officially starts back up on Friday. You have like basically four days where there's a whole lot of nothing going on outside of a you know a few hour event for an all-star game and stuff like that but you'll have summer league and I bet it'll be on NBA TV I bet it'll be on all the channels that they can possibly get it on oh tomorrow night's games on ESPN or tomorrow's game is on ESPN exactly yeah uh 
You mentioned nothing going on next week, so I took vacation. Probably why a lot of people took vacation. There's one thing that was announced over the weekend that we didn't mention on Wednesday, and that was the 2023 All-Star rosters. So for those of you that don't know, the Brewers did get one All-Star this year. And, and funny enough, it was Devin Williams, the guy that blew the save last night. But that is nor here that nor there. Uh, Devin Williams is the lone All-Star for the Milwaukee Brewers. But you look at this team and you look at the Milwaukee Brewers roster and you kind of go up and down the Brewers roster. You're like, did they really have anyone else that was really deserving of being an all-star? Like, seriously, did they have anyone that should have even, you should have even voted for? I mean, the only one that should have been even close would have been Christian Yelich. That's the only one. You you look at what all the other, like, think about some of the guys that you thought coming into the season could potentially be all-stars. William, William Contreras. I was just thinking, sorry, oh. position players to start. William Contreras. He's starting to pick it up here the last couple, two, three weeks, but overall hasn't, you know, he's probably been above average catcher, but he's not an all-star. Right. Rowdy Telez has bottomed out since basically April. I don't think it was anybody thinking he was going to be an all-star. No, especially at the first base position, but you're just looking at, you know, around the horn. Bryce Terang, he was a rookie. You didn't expect much. Willie Adamas was probably one where where people probably could have said, yeah, that's a guy that if he had a good year might have been able to squeak in there at uh, the shortstop position. The, the funniest thing is who the starting shortstop actually is. Orlando Arcia. Yes. And if you if you look around the diamond, though, for the, the Brewers, you didn't expect Luis Arias to be there. Uh, when you look at the original starting outfield, you didn't expect a Garrett Mitchell who was making his first full year in Major League Baseball. You didn't expect, you know, whoever was going to play right field to be an all-star. It was going to be Contreras, potentially, Adamas, potentially, Yelich, if he could find that 2019, 2018, hell, even 2016 or 17 version. And to be completely honest, you look at Christian Yelich's numbers, He's doing exactly basically what he did in Miami in 2016 and 2017 when he was a fringe all-star production-wise, batting average-wise. And you know what? He might actually be playing slightly better than that because he's batting leadoff now. He was a 2-3 hitter when he was in Miami, more of a doubles hitter with a little bit of pop because he had just started to change his, his, uh, his launch angle in 2016 and 17 and then perfected it in 18 and 19 and then it got all wonky in 20 and then we know exactly what happened in 21 and 22. And after that, uh, there isn't a whole lot. Burns wasn't good. Woodruff has been hurt. Freddie Peralta's actually statistically been worse than Corbin Burns even though he hasn't taken really any heat. Well, it's because he's not a former Cy Young Award winner. But he finished. He is, but he is a former All Star. Yeah, former All Star. That's also finished in the top ten of the Cy Young. He's. I haven't heard one person say anything about Freddie Peralta, but he's pitching to like a four six ish ERA. Like that's that's worse than Burns four. Neither are good. I mean, was, <laughs> Neither I mean, are good. We're talking about two uh, underperforming players. But yeah, you're sitting here, and I, who else would you think on that? Like Lauer had that one year in 2021, but he was never that good before, or that good after. Same thing with Adrian Hauser. You go right on down the list. Wade Miley, you were just hoping for a serviceable starter. And then you, he's given that. Yeah, he's, oh, 100%. I think he's given that to them and more. I mean, obviously he didn't have a great start last start last time out, but if you think about it, he was a um, all-star back in 2012, but he pitched well enough at times these last two years in Cincinnati and the Chicago, that he could have been, he was a fringe all star, could have been a fringe all star for that. See, uh, not, not last year, obviously, but he got hurt, but the prior year in Cincinnati went 12 and 7, had a 3.37 ERA and 28 starts, and was pretty darn good in Houston. So the three, but the three guys that you were looking at coming in for the Brewers, one's been hurt and the other two haven't been that good. And then you look at the bullpen. It was a ton of no-name guys, essentially, 
And then it was Devin Williams. Devin Williams has lived up to the billing of, of being allowed to be a closer for the first time for a full season. He deserves to be an all-star. It stinks that he blew his second save last night in a pretty big situation against the rival and the Cubs. But, I mean, for the most part, the dude's been really, really good. But going back to the fringe Christian Yelich, I've been a guy that's been very tough on I, I was. I think I might have been, Zach, the, one of the first people in this state to have a Christian Yelich jersey. I liked his profile with the Marlins, liked what it would project to as the Brewers. I ordered a Christian Yelich jersey in February of 2018. I, I was all over Christian Yelich, loved it. And but then, you were also the first person to put him on Mount Notice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what have you done for me lately. And, and you know what? You get while, a pass. While, while wearing your Cubs hat. You get a you get a pass <laughs> in 2020 because of the you know two month season. He still was a productive hitter, hit for pop, had some pop and hit for power in 2020. There was just no average there. 2021 is where it all really, really, really went south, and you were sitting there hoping like, man, we got to get this guy back. You know, he just signed that deal in 2020 worth a lot of money for a lot of years. Like this guy has to get back to where he was, and and there was a hope that you know it was it was probably just the knee wasn't quite right in 2020 and short weird covid season like who cares like we'll figure it out well it, it didn't come to fruition that way and then 2022 it was oh my back was sore and you know everyone could make up any excuse you would hear people saying you know was was he roiding or using peds was he stealing signs like he like he looks a little thicker the stealing signs one makes more sense than the getting thicker now, you look at his numbers, though, uh, for a guy that has criticized Christian Yelich the last couple of years, Christian Yelich should have been an all-star this year. And I think he deserves it more than Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, he was the Diamondback. Now, I get it. The Diamondbacks are a better team than the Brewers, better record. It was a team that expectation-wise weren't nearly as supposed to be as good as the Milwaukee Brewers. But you purely look at his numbers – they're better, in my opinion, than Lourdes Gurriel Jr. If you say so. I, uh... I mean, he's got a better, better batting average. If, if you compare the two, Gurriel is batting 266. Christian Yelich, 286. Gurriel, 316 on base percentage. Christian Yelich, 380. You look at his OPS, 806. Christian Yelich coming in at an 830 OPS. And then when you start to talk about where they hit in the order, Christian Yelich has 10 home runs as a leadoff hitter. Guriel hits third. He has 14 home runs, 50 RBIs out of that three hole, while Christian Yelich is sitting there with 42 as a leadoff hitter. Christian Yelich also scored a crap ton more runs. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at it. Uh, in my opinion, I think that you probably should have gotten a nod, Christian Yelich, over Gary L. Jr. But I guess we're nitpicking. He was fringe to begin with. Yeah. But I think you I think you could easily make that argument. And I don't think many people would have said boo about it. Yeah. I mean, again, if you go by war, Christian Yelich has been more valuable. He's got a war of 2.4 wins above replacement. Gary L. 1.4. What about your Braves, though? They have eight guys on the on the NL team. This is why I absolutely effing hate fan voting because most fans don't know Jack. <laughs> Who of the Braves don't belong on there? But that's the other thing. The Braves are damn good. <laughs> <laughs> the Braves are really good. Like, I'll be honest. You look at you know look at these rosters. The selected starters. Sean Murphy. He's a guy that obviously the thankfully for the Brewers. Sean Murphy was traded from the athletics to Atlanta, which was the reason why they were able to make it a three-team trade because they had too many catchers, and William Contreras became available. Sean Murphy has hit the crap out of the baseball. Now, he hasn't played every day, hasn't caught every day because it's kind of a, a dual platoon between him and Darno, but he has brought it offensively, and he has been good when he is caught defensively. I mean, it's hard to say no, and it, and I can't put... William Contreras out of him. You look at Freddie Freeman. I mean, he's kind of just doing Freddie Freeman things. And he's good again. Luis. Go ahead. Luis Arise. The guy is chasing 400. He's an all-star. Nolan Arenado. Eh, he's having a down year, but 
It's in my opinion, it's hard to come up with a better third baseman. There's not exactly a ton of third basemen that are great out there, especially in the NL. One of those guys that might be moved on the trading block. Him and Goldie, Paul Goldschmidt, have been rumored. Shortstop was interesting. You brought him up, Orlando Arcia, one of the former Brewers that is on there on the All Star team, and a lot of people saying, "See, see." I said they shouldn't have got rid of Orlando Arcia literally three years after they did it. But so what? If, you couldn't, if, you couldn't wait you, on Orlando Arcia stick, anymore. If, if you stay on a take, if you stick on a take and you don't give it up, you can then slam it home when it actually uh, ends up being right. I'm very upset with myself. I'm very upset with myself. I don't delete tweets. I've never deleted a tweet in my life except for one. And it was an Orlando Arcia tweet. And you know how badly I want that tweet back right now? I'd be slamming it in absolutely everybody's face right at this moment if I hadn't deleted it. I got called a casual for a, a, for an Orlando Arcia take. Grant Bills knows all, knows all about getting called a casual because um, because I actually did it once accidentally and would never use that term ever again. But I would love to have that Orlando Arcia take back right now, that tweet. Because I again, I would slam it in everybody's face. You can't lose. You can't lose a take like that. See, I will. I will say this. Did I see Orlando Arcia being as good as he has been for the Braves, especially this season? No. But also, if I was the Brewers, I would go back and make the exact same trade that they made for Luis Arias. And the reason being is in that time and in that time, Luis Arias had the exact same profile as Orlando Arcia, but he was like three or four years younger, and it was a guy that had balled all the way up from rookie ball to AAA, had a great glove, a great arm, profiled as a plus defender, same as Arcia. He had just had less time to actually prove it. And they're like, well, when he has gotten to the big leagues, he's been an inconsistent hitter, but he's younger. And he's years younger. Orlando Arcia, you had to make, by the time they trade him, you had to make a decision on whether you were going to sign him or not. And I don't think anyone would have signed some long-term deal because of what he had done. He was an inconsistent player with a plus glove and a good arm, but you were looking for a more consistent bat. It's irrelevant at this point. There's, I don't think you can criticize the Brewers for being like, oh, they should have kept Arcia. It was a good tweet. <laughs> <laughs> and then you round out the rest of the elected starters. Ronald Acuna Jr. is running away with the MVP. The guy is an absolute stud. Mookie Betts really turned it on the last month. And Corbin Carroll, guy that uh, was one of the top prospects in baseball not too long ago, made the opening day roster for Arizona. And I don't know, he's only put up stats that are very similar to his first X amount of games to some bum. I think his name was like Mike Trout. (laughs) So, yeah, he's pretty freaking good. And then you had J.D. Martinez as your DH. The reserves, Will Smith, I mean, pretty solid catcher. Elise Diaz, though, he's having a really good year uh, for Colorado. Kind of surprised that they actually, you know, you're grabbing two catchers. I get it. It's what they do. Matt Matt Olson, eh, I still think uh, Paul Goldschmidt was better, but I digress. Uh, Ozzy Albies is a stud. He's a great second baseman. Austin Riley, that's another third baseman that, you know, we kind of mentioned who's good behind Nolan Arenado. You know, it's Austin Riley. Sorry, Cub fans, but Dansby Swanson after April, he's been – Dog crap. Don't you mean sorry, fellow Cub fans? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry fellow Cub fans. Yep. Pete Alonzo, been injured, hasn't been that great. I think that's one you could disagree with on the infield. And uh, I can't disagree with much in the outfield outside of uh, Guriel for Yelich. Uh, yeah. I think Yelich, I will say it, I think Yelich got robbed. I think he should have been the third outfielder. Well... Whatever. Do we do we do, <laughs> do we think any Milwaukee Brewers starting pitcher or reliever was ro- robbed? No. Do you? <laughs> Say, no. No. Absolutely not. Uh, Zach Gallen's been good. Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, Justin Steele, Mitch Keller, Josiah Gray, Clayton Kershaw, who is injured, Marcus Stroman. I, I can't argue with any of these, especially when you take into play that uh, some of these teams have to have an All Star. Like Alexis Diaz, he's been pretty decent for the Reds. Is he an all-star? Probably not, but he plays for the Reds. They needed an all-star. None of those kids were, you know, really on the ballot. You look at uh, 
I, I do have to put this out there for Brewer fans. Uh, speaking of former Brewers that are on the All-Star team, Orlando Arcia at shortstop and Josh Hader is elected to yet another All-Star game because some people thought that he was done and he was shot. He's not shot or done? No, he's actually still really good. <laughs> That's a shocker. What's Crazy. He he's uh, 20 saves, 1-1 ERA. Yeah. Could you imagine having Hader and Williams still in that bullpen? Yeah, but then you wouldn't have all the great prospects that uh, they got in return. You mean Esturi Ruiz, who's playing and stealing like 100 bases for the uh, Oakland Athletics? Yep. <laughs> or or Robert Gasser, who's pitching in AAA? Yep. Or insert whoever else the throw-ins were? Ridiculous. <laughs> How about this, though? This is total Milwaukee Brewer stuff. They had, what, in your in your outfield for prospects, you have Jackson Cheerio, who's one of the top prospects in baseball. You had Sal Freelich, who's a top 100. You had Joey Weimer, who's a top 100. You had Garrett Mitchell, who at one point was a top 100. You, <laughs> you had Esteri Ruiz, who was chomping at the bit. Now, not a top 100 prospect, but a guy that was getting ready to be a big league player. And I don't know, he only led like, the minor leagues over the last three years and stolen bases. And you also don't forget you had Bryce Terang, who was a top 100 prospect at one time. And he was playing center field at times outside of shortstop and second base. All these guys playing the outfield and you're looking at their profiles and you're like, well, Ruiz pretty freaking fast. He's still a lot of bases, but you know what? Terang's fast. Weimer's fast. Freelix fast. Mitchell's fast. They're all freaking fast. He just doesn't have the hitting profile. Yeah, let's throw him in the trade, and we'll get uh, Wild Bill. We'll, we'll we'll bring in William Contreras. We need a catcher. It looks it was great on paper. I mean, I'm st- it's not like I'm saying don't do that deal, but isn't it funny that out of all the guys that felt like they would be better, Esther Ruiz is hitting like two seventy, and he has like forty stolen bases. <laughs> and it's like really the guy that in the minors looked like he'd be the worst out of all of them, and it looked like you got a good trade. He's now producing the most and has been the healthiest. That's what happens. That's baseball, man. It is. Is he the oldest of them? I think so. He, he was also the guy that had played up in the big leagues in the past before and, and had 20, a taste. Like 24. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. None of them are old. Right. All of them are 24 years to, well, if we're counting Jackson Cheerio, 19. Yeah. And Jackson Cheerio turned 19 in March. Cubs beat the Brewers last night 4-3. to three. Brewers had a 3-1 to one lead going into the top of the ninth. Devin William comes in. He's your all-star closer. He's blown one save this year. Unfortunately, blows the save just the second of the year. But it was like blue pit, blue pit. All right. Error, double. Like, there wasn't a lot of hard contact. It was kind of unlucky. Honestly, I think you you could say that there were games where Devin Williams has saved, where he's pitched much worse, where he can't find the strike zone, and he loads the bases, and then he gives up a hit. Then actually what occurred last night. It was so much soft contact that just found spots. But again, we've said this three times now. That's baseball. I imagine he's not available today. I don't know. I think we're going to have to tell, we're going to have to ask Grant to ask his buddy if, uh, (laughs) Grant, do we know if uh, Devin Williams is available today? I, that wasn't that bad of a question. I feel like (laughs) Hunter God, what do you think? I mean, okay. What do you think, Grant? How would you have asked that question? I wouldn't have asked the question because it was obvious. (laughs) That's the okay. This is why you need to send radio people to press conferences is because we don't ask. Wait, 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 time out. That guy is from the radio, isn't he? Time time out. Time out. Yeah, but he's now he's more of a beat reporter. He's wired like a beat reporter because he's there every day. What do you describe Zach Heil? Perhaps (laughs) our sports director. Do you describe him as a radio person, Mm. a journalist? A beat writer, or what was the other one we came up with this morning? There's one more. Opinion taker, opinion maker. I think I describe him as a little of each, which is why he's so good at each one. Is he brings the other like he brings the radio side to beat reporting? He's and a he little J. The beat reporting <laughs> to radio, like he feels a level above all of us when we're on air, credibility wise. Well, but dude, also he goes to the stuff. He tweets when out he all goes the stuff. to when he's in a media scrum. He's like, oh, there's the fun radio guy. When he's in radio, it's like, oh, there's the there's the intense journalist guy. It's a good system he's got. Or, or I just remembered it. It was reporter. That was what we came up with this morning. I f- it, <laughs> I feel. Feel like it depends what I'm covering. Sure, like the Brewers, 
I don't cover the Brewers. You're very, very passive I, when you're when it's like, not the Badgers. I guess just I don't. Yeah, I don't because I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the in like the in depth oh. knowledge that everybody else has. Give yourself some yeah, credit. but you knew Devin Williams was unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'd like it's like I didn't need to be there on a day to day basis to know that Devin Williams wasn't available. It's why the question probably didn't need to be asked again. But those are things that a, a someone who is young, which your guy is, he's young, he's still learning. He'll know you don't make the you don't make that question. You don't have that ask that question again. Look, Craig Council for the most part is going to answer your questions, but if you ask a stupid one, he's going to call you out on it. Oh yeah, yeah, he's very intimidating. And I, you know, I would I was at spring training for a couple of days, got to ask you know plenty of questions, so I got to experience this firsthand. Do you see really? Do you see all, the, all that audio that he sent back? What you guys wouldn't well, have wanted it? You didn't no use audio it. from the. I was going to say I send, didn't know what you're talking. We about. send you out there. What do you want? First of all, you didn't. No, he <laughs> actually took his credit card out and paid for it. That's true. You did, Zach. You did get my media credential. <laughs> I just want to say this right now. I was about to say, what do you? What are you saying? Do you get into the clubhouse without <laughs> you, me? You got my. Hold on. Do you, you get into the clubhouse without me? No. You got me in the clubhouse. Boom. I got myself to Arizona. There is a difference, but you are correct. <laughs> you got him in the place, but he got to the place. I got. Do you want to go back? Do you want to go back next year? I would love to. Yeah. All right. And so the people that sent you last year, are mm-hmm. they they're going to send you again? You think? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to assume. I would be great. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. That'd be uh, great. If not, if not, where do you think? How do you think you're going to get down there? I would need to find someone else yeah. to pay to send and, me. Yeah. They're not paying to send me. Who do you think? <laughs> this is this is like a night at the Roxbury. It's hilarious. Grant is outside the club. He's at the club. He got to the club. Yeah. But now he's got to get in. He's got to get in. But but Zach is the guy like, that you, knows how to get in. I mean, yeah. I'm the one that can figure these things out and get you there. A hundred percent. And get you there. And yet you're saying it's not going to be me. Well, no. I, I need the financing. Not just the, you are the bouncer with the list of names. <laughs> I need the Uber driver to get me to the club. I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but like, okay. All right. That's fine. All right. If I'm wrong, like if you're bankrolling me going me perso- to Me personally coming out of my own pocket? No. The the credit card that comes out of my pocket though does. Ah, okay. Okay. I want to go back to something you just said earlier before, the, before this uh, little scenario played out. Craig Council being an intimidating guy. I've never been in a press conference. I've I never asked him a question. No, no, granted. Did I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, he doesn't strike me as an intimidating guy. Like, like Lou Pinella pissed off. That would be an intimidating guy. He's Ask very serious. Super, he's very oh, serious. He can, no, he can. Yeah. It's, he, he can be. They've, I've listened to enough ums and ahs from Craig Council to know that there are times where he wants to say something and doesn't end up saying it, but you can, you can tell he's not pleased. I feel the, the other, same way about you, by the, the way. other day, <laughs> the other day he said, Screw that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't even care about this question, which leads to me to believe that, that your guy has asked some other questions that have pissed him off. <laughs> and he's decided to say, screw it. I'm done with this crap. It's your day. And you're going to get this. Stop asking stupid questions. You're all here every day. You know what is available and what's well, not. Well, I feel like Craig Council comes off to me as a guy that maybe is frustrated for a day and he, he gives you answers like that. But he also feels like the, like the, the kid that would come back and feel bad about it no, afterwards. Absolutely not. I don't think so. I think he sleeps like a baby at night. I do too. Paul Chris was the same way. Your but buddy was he intimidating? But or if just, you asked the wrong question, you were getting made fun of. Okay, okay. Uh, he, I'm a casual. I've someone, never covered. Someone, I've never covered. Someone, someone talked about uh, running routes. A wide receiver running routes, and he asked that question. And he goes, "Don't you mean routes, oh, <laughs> idiot?" On. That's essentially. It is, but it's also like Paul Chris like called him out for it, like in front of everybody else. At least he didn't pull the he, Cam Newton. He like looks around. He like looks around and goes, "Roots." He turned into a stand-up on stage, heckling again. Going Paul Chris has Paul Chris behind, like if not in front of like a whole bunch of cameras, has a sense of humor and is not afraid yeah. to make fun of you a lot. Turnover oh, I, chain, my F and A. Yeah, that was had, some of the best Paul Chris sources. He, I was friends with guy friends connections sources close to the situation in the locker room. They all said the same thing. He's funny. He's hilarious. I never saw it. I didn't see any WEAC players there. <laughs> my feet in so many different camps, Zach. I am everywhere. Why didn't you ever come down for a football game? He did. No, like just it, as to, a no to actually like cover a game because no, he, he didn't be everywhere all the time. <laughs> Grant actually were did. Busy, were you too busy? Like doing like a like be on the board for a high school football game or something. I never did anything like that. I did have to go to games. Oh, I was okay. covering them. 
What, and Zach, you have all send, sending audio and recording that you know the best reporting is done off the record. I'm gonna, off campus. I, I'm going to defend Grant. He has come to a game. Now, it wasn't in a working capacity, but I understand his fears. If he's going to come all the way down to lacrosse, he'd rather be in the red zone hanging out with guys where he know he can get in when he's not sure if the club will let him in. With the big J's. Zach didn't uh, come to hang out. I was there. I was very clear uh, the week leading up. I'd love to see you, Zach. I know we got to take a break. We How, do. We however, do. are woefully late. However, I just want to say this. I did get Grant credentials <laughs> for a basketball game one time, and he did not show up. Oh, God. You so, talk about this more than I talk about going to He literally training. just said he was worried about not getting in the club. <laughs> I got you in the club, and you said, eh, nah, I got something better to do. 